bedtime bar stories on the spot at the bar. Impromptu, that's how we do. Hey guys, I'm back. What are you up to? I hope you have a cocktail in hand because it is story o'clock here in Fort Lauderdale slash Fort Liquordale. <laughs> so you know the drill. So let's get comfy. Okay. Cause we got some stories ahead. All right. And if you're a regular, you know the drill by now. My name is Gina Noble and I'll be your server for the day, AKA your story hunter in chief. Okay, guys, so before I pour this week's stories, there are two things that we need to chat about. Number one, definitely you guys need to stop hitting me up and asking me for Kevin's number because he's already taken, all right? Taken. (laughs) I'm sure he'd be flattered to know, but that's not going to happen today, okay? So anyway, still love you. So the second thing I wanted to share with you is we've come up with this whole new thing. Uh, that we're going to do on the show that is going to support the show. It's going to keep us going. It's going to keep us getting out in the bars. It's going to support our fabulous guests. We have a virtual tip jar. So truly, guys, it's my honor to be here chatting with you and having so much fun and sharing recipes for cocktails and all that. But if you really want to support the show and show your appreciation for all that, and especially for our amazing guests and their fabulous stories, you can do so by just clicking the tip link. Isn't that cute? A tip link. (laughs) The tip link is in the podcast description below. So you could do that there, or you could visit the website. And you know the website, bedtimebarstories.com. And also, we want to show our guests how much you guys appreciate their stories. So if you want to tip them directly, Just tell us the name and the episode of the show, and we'll make sure it gets to them for sure. I mean, it's all about sharing the love. So guys, on this episode, we're going to do things a little bit differently. You know, we're going to shake it up a little because the last few episodes, I poured you three separate stories, but today, oh, we're free pouring. And speaking of free pouring, I'd like to say a special thank you to our very first sponsor on Bedtime Bar Stories, and they are Anti Elixir. And if you don't know what Anti Elixir is, you need to find out because it's the perfect hangover cure if last night we misbehaved a little bit too much. <laughs> so we've all been there and we're always trying to find the cure-all and um, this might be one of those cure-alls. So definitely check them out. It's delicious. It's a great new product on the market. And I really think that you'll enjoy it. What do you got to lose except a hangover? (laughs) Okay, so I happen to have a precious case of this hangover relief, Wonder Liquid. So if you're in the U.S., hit me up, especially if you're in South Florida, because whoever sends me the best hangover story, and I know you all have one, (laughs) you will end up receiving from Bedtime Bar Stories and Anti-Elixir a case of this fabulous, precious hangover relief. And in addition to the best story, you can have a chance to share your story on the show over a few drinks with me. Okay, so 
hit me up. You know how to get a hold of me. It's Gina at bedtimebarstories.com or you can DM me directly on Instagram at Bedtime Bar Stories. Okay, so the last episode, we talked about the darker and the sexier side of the hospitality industry. But today's stories are all about what happens on the other side of the bar, specifically the role bars play as a place where friendships are made and renewed through sharing stories. So you know how it goes. You sit down with your friends talking about one thing and you end up talking about something completely different and you can't even remember how you got there. You get to talking and before you know it, the sun's going down and or coming up. (laughs) That's the magic of a great bar. It's a time machine where the hours can feel like minutes. And I'll let you in on a little secret. I love hearing those long conversations between old friends when I'm at work because it reminds me of the good times with my friends. And sometimes that's just what you need to get you through a long shift because all our listeners are always welcome at my bar. Okay, so I hope everybody has the cocktail and you're all comfy and ready. So let me set the scene a little. I sat down with some old girlfriends of mine, Debbie, and no, not Debbie the spy, another Debbie, but just as outrageous, and you'll find out how outrageous when she tells you about how she broke someone out of a care home. Don't ask me, just listen. And of course, my dear friend, Ronnie. Ronnie is a character. I gotta tell you, I love her dearly. She is too funny. We actually met, I was working on this tour boat as a bartender, and there's always just two bartenders at the back of the boat. And it goes up and down the waterway in Fort Lauderdale and you see all the beautiful homes and the multi-million dollar estates on the water and the mega 250, 300 foot yachts out front of the homes. And it's really a cool, fun party boat ride and informative. Well, I'm at the gym with Ronnie and she's telling me that she was on that boat two nights ago and she didn't see me. I said, how could you not see me? There's only two bartenders. So she said, well, I had a few cocktails. And I was like, evidently, I mean, you cannot miss me. It's only two of us behind the bar. So that's how Ronnie and I met. And we just cracked up over that. So I had to get her out because I knew she had some stories. (laughs) Okay, so we all met up and we actually went to this old bar that's been in Fort Lauderdale for over 40 years. And it's on Las Solas Boulevard. You have to look up Las Solas Boulevard. It's gorgeous. So all the cafes, all the bars, all the restaurants, candy shop, homemade ice cream shops. And the Floridian is right there with it. It's been there forever. It's got all these pictures of all these famous people that have gone in there. I mean, they're open 24 hours. You can go there at three in the morning when the bars close and you're about ready to pass out and get a burger. So it's amazing. And you can order a bottle of champagne at that hour too. So... <laughs> It's so fun. Anyway, we went there one evening, early evening, and um, we just started chitty chatting. We just started shooting, uh, you know, and that's where the stories came out. You know, at Bedtime Bar Stories, we are all about the perfect drink to go with each story. We love to pair those two together. I was inspired by a bit of Ronnie's story coming up where she got called a gold digger for accepting $6 worth of a $2 margarita. I mean, can you believe whoever that guy was certainly wouldn't want to go out with me. (laughs) Anyway, it's now 2023. So $2 margaritas are off the menu. 
but you can always have my own two cents on any issue. So here's my take on a classic, Gina's Two Cent Hair Royale. Of course, I will always like anything that has champagne in it. <laughs> so here we have a beautiful champagne flute filled with your champagne of choice. However, instead of cream de cassis, I'd like to add a bit of Chambord, just enough to change the color and give it a little flavor. And of course, we top it with a lovely raspberry. Yum. Now that, to me, is delish. One of my favorite things about this show is that you'll never quite know what's coming next. So please tell me, how do we get from Ronnie's dating drama to rum running, drug smuggling, and a diving disaster? Well, let's dive in and find out. sitting here tonight with a dear friend and her name is Ronnie. We also have another friend here, her name is Deborah, but she's going to just hone in when she feels the time is right. Give me an idea about what you do and what you like to do. I know you travel, the places you've been, in a nutshell, before we hear this, these stories, which I'm sure pertain to your travel. Uh, some of them do. Um, <laughs> I love to travel. It's my life goal is to see the whole world. Nice. It's a big world, so it's challenging, but I've been to many places many continents, uh, different cultures. It's exciting. Nice. Um, and I'm also a beverage cart attendant on a golf course and a bartender. So I've seen some wild things. Uh, give me an idea of one of the craziest or funniest or outrageous things that you can remember that has really struck you as being hilarious or, or a good How about story. a wow? A wow. That's a wow, a yeah. A wow, um, girl, a wow. And, and it might be a little bit of a more wow because it was happened to me personally. Okay, um, even better. On a dating site. Oh, do wow and us. <laughs> meet the guy, nice guy. Right. Uh, was intrigued because he was a free diver. I'm a scuba diver, so. Uh, so this is why you were interested in... Well, free diving is a different sport. Uh, it has to do with the ocean, but it's a whole different realm because you're not breathing off of scuba, an apparatus that gives you an opportunity to breathe. Okay. You are holding your breath and diving down. So that's a backstory to it. It's just that I was intrigued. Uh, sitting at the bar, having a drink, I need to use the restroom. So I get up to go to the restroom. Didn't take anything abnormal of a time, and I come back and he's gone. OMG. And I was just blown away. And the bartender said he left. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, uh, and she goes, he paid the bill. And I'm like, all right. Oh, nice and I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, an appropriate tip. And she goes, all good. I'm sorry. And I'm like, nothing to be sorry oh, about. God, how humiliating and embarrassing. And, well, it's probably better off. He wasn't exactly. When I left, I sat there and had another drink. And when I left, I just texted him and said, it's too bad your mother didn't raise you better. Hello. Exactly. And that was the end of that. So conversely, um, another date from dating online. Okay. Uh, met the guy out for happy hour, sitting, chatting, 
Mexican place, and okay. they were like, I don't know, two dollar margaritas. Oh, how fun! Yeah, so I had a few. <laughs> he said, "Let's order some food." So I think we ordered nachos. I'm not sure, but all this guy talked about was his dead girlfriend. OMG, what? Oh, that yeah. is all. So of course I'm trying to draw out. I'm a very active person. Love traveling. Trying to draw out things. He was like, yeah, my girlfriend who passed away. Well, we used to do this and we used to do that. Wow. And blah, blah, blah. But since she's died, I haven't really done much. And he just went on and on. And you could do nothing. And, and just I sat there and was empathetic, kind of felt like a little bit of a life coach trying to, <laughs> well, you know, like walk him off, get, what do you, what's the expression? Take him off the wall, you know, from jumping. Oh, <laughs> I can't think of it. Anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. So, so how did it end? It ended that I said, thank you very much. Of course, and I always offer to pay on a first date. It doesn't matter how much I'm into the person, not into. I'm going to offer to pay half. I just, well, for really me, that's, that's my that MO. There's no... Expectation, expectation. exactly. Right. Um, sure I so I had told him that, thank you very much, because he insisted on paying, and that I really didn't think we were a match. I'm a very active person. I'm, you know, I want to be out and about. Oh, we're not a match? You're a gold digger. You oh have three, three margaritas and you ate the food and oh you did this. God. And now you what? tell me I'm not, we're not a match. How do you know? So I was like, well, I offered to pay half. I said, all you did was sit here and talk about your dead girlfriend. Oh, no, she had to go there. I, I did. I, blame I, I, you know, and it was like, I'm sorry. I'm not in a position. I, that's not what. I'm looking, you know, to do anyway. Um, so, okay. Wow. And, uh, my know. God, you had to have been blown away. There's, yeah. Oh, my and God. And then, of course, I get home and I got text after text. My phone oh, is blowing up. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, he wasn't well. Now, jump, <laughs> jump forward a few years. Right. Uh, I've forgotten. I'm back online dating again. Uh, different site. And chatting with this one that one someone reaches out and then it's like we get to the point of exchanging numbers okay i'm typing the number putting the number in what happens his came up and it's blocked you know but i saved those numbers it came up with his name and almost as if you want to add another contact now i didn't recognize him from the pictures the dialogue conversation through texting was normal and I was just like, oh, my God. And I knew exactly who it was the minute it uh, popped up. Who was it? The same guy. Oh, my God. The dead God. girlfriend. The, with the dead girlfriend. Oh, my God. Is he psycho? And so then I said, "We, I think we've met before. And he said, no, I would remember such a beautiful face. Mm. And I said, no, I'm sure we met. <laughs> we weren't a match then. We're not a match now. Wishing you. Yeah. You no, I, I, I didn't go back there to the dead girlfriend. I said, we weren't a match back then. We're not a match now. Wish you all the best. Oh, my and God. I know. Thank you. Thank your dead girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, one time. Oh, wait. So just okay. so the listeners know. Yeah. Introduce yourself. This Hi, is I'm Debbie. Um, go by Debbie, not Deborah. At one time I was on a dating site. Now I date women, but I was dating men at the time. Okay. And I go to this place 
And it was back, was it back before cell phones? I think it might have been back before cell phones. And so I get out of this restaurant. There's a few like people milling around out front. And I go up to this guy because he looked like he was looking to meet somebody. And I said, hi, I'm Debbie. Are you Mike? Which was my first mistake. Uh... Goes, yeah. And so he shakes my hand. We go inside. And I, I don't know if we even sat down. We might have. He goes, I'm not Mike. Oh, no way. <laughs> oh, my God. He said, he said yes. He said you were cute. And I was like, and then I had to actually meet the other guy. Oh, so it really wasn't him. No, it really wasn't So him. he was just lying just so he could. Yeah, he just said, you look really cute. And I wanted to meet well, that's you. Sweet. And I said, well, I'm that here was... for a date. I got to go find this other guy. <laughs> I can't be sitting here with so. you. How funny. Did you find then, the other guy? I was. But I, yeah, I did get a date with the other. I mean, I did meet the other guy. Um, And was it worth it? No. I wasn't, no. But no. I think the non-Mike guy, I think that's a that very, could have been yeah, a twist. very yeah. forward and uh, not a bad move. Yeah. But anyway, but the story that I wanted to tell was oh, I was tell. working. Well, it has nothing to do with dating. Okay. No, working. it doesn't matter. It could be I was anything. at a nursing home slash rehab center. And what happens is you get patients' names to go evaluate. I went to this door, right. this room. And the guy was there and not there and gone for long stretches of time. And they'll do what's called a bed hold. So they'll, they'll um, hold the bed, reserve the room, because he went back to the hospital. He was getting treatment for cancer, but he was still had a bed at our facility. Oh, how sad. So I go in. I, had, I got his name as an evaluation, which meant he was back to stay for a little bit. You know, he was out from the hospital. Fox Chase Cancer Center were near up in, up in Philly. And I walk in, and it's an elderly gentleman, white hair, white mustache, reading Lou Reed's autobiography. Interesting. And so I introduced myself. I do my eval. He needed some help. He had to walk with a walker. Um, and so I said, can I ask you, like, what are you doing here? And he told me his story. He is an Irishman born in Belfast, I mean, I Jewish, to a Jewish mother. And so... She, she, he was a what again? I'm he sorry. He was an Irish Jew. Okay. You know oh. what you call an Irish Jew? What do you call? A leprechaun. <laughs> a leprechaun. I love that. So anyway... <laughs> Never so heard that one. Let's see. He was living with his daughter. He had his wife who was schizophrenic who has died. Oh, my God. Um, when he was bringing up his daughter, they, they started out in PA or New York... They moved to Israel. It's called Making Aliyah. So they moved to Israel. He served in the Israeli army. I don't know what the wife did. They had their daughter there. Came back to the States. And there was a couple times where he had to, like, fight for custody. Well, where the wife took off and took the daughter. So he had a very storied life. At 14, he uh, left school and went to work in a shirt factory because they were dirt poor, living oh, in Belfast. Interest. And... Um, so anyway, so he, they came to back to the States. He had to eventually fight for custody of his daughter. Oh, my goodness. The wife went off and got pregnant with another man, and that was it. Got custody of his daughter. Fast forward, he's living with the daughter. Daughter's on the second marriage. He has two granddaughters. And he was living there in, like, a back room. He helped them. He drove. He had his own credit card. He drove the girls to and from school. Helped out, like a up, grandfather would do. Helped him when they had something, you know, wrong with the cat, like paid the vet bill. And then what happened was one time, you know, he was going back and forth getting chemo treatments. He had a tumor on the base of his spine. Oh, he had a no. catheter. 
and he like, you know, vomited on the carpet. So he cleaned it up. He said, I'm going to pay for having the carpet clean. Anyway, I think she kind of freaked out. I think she's schizophrenic. But one of the times when he went to the hospital and then came back to our rehab, she dumped him, like cut off all contact. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. This is his daughter? Yeah. And oh, so wow. I said to him, I said, well, what Who are the does that? And he started telling me little bits and pieces, like she wouldn't let him use the washer. She started to clamp down on him and was very, like, maybe she was freaked out because he was sick. You know, what is her father? Cancer. Well, she might have been schizophrenic, too. Oh, she might, or she might just be a bitch. But anyway. Yeah, right, yeah, right. So yeah. One time, of the two. One so, of the two. So over time getting to... So anyway, what or happened both. was... So what happened was I pick him up, meaning I put him on therapy, and I start seeing him a couple... You know, I think it's five days a week. And he had a car there, which is highly unusual to have a car at a rehab center. But his... I guess his daughter dropped it there. His daughter dropped the car and some of his belongings. And one day, Arthur gets in his car, takes off, and goes to the community library. And they call him. Was they, he allowed to do that from no, the rehab center? No, oh, no. no. So he just got in and went. Yeah. <laughs> He's totally with it. He's totally, you know, has all his faculties. So they called him and they said, Mr. Anderson, you can't just take off. Where are you? I'm at the library. So they made him come back. Then my, the director of our, our administrator, the director of our building, asked me, because I was his OT, if I could do a driving eval, which is a specialized evaluation with like a mock car. Okay. You can measure your reflexes, check your eyes. Okay. We're not equipped to do that. I didn't have the equipment. I'm not trained. I said, no, but I can take him out and tell you how he does with getting in and out of a car, uh, up and down okay. curbs. That's I mean, fair. I said, and I said, did I let him drive? I can't remember. But anyway, so we go out once. We go to the library. We go to get coffee. We come back. We go out twice. And he brings his walker. Go out a third time. And while, and all the while, we were filling out applications for senior housing. Okay. Because he knew that he would die there. I mean, he just, he had nobody he could talk to. Everyone was kind of like, well, oh, you know, sad. a nursing home has a mixed bag of people. Right. And he was totally with it. Needed physical rehab. He was weak from the chemo and but he needed a place to live and his daughter and his granddaughters and the son-in-law but anyway they just you know cut off the granddaughters were little so they couldn't do anything about it How so anyway sad. on the third time out so we filled out all these applications there's long waiting lists on the third time out i took them out in my car i said let's go to my house so we go to my house we get online and I start looking up apartments, looking up rents. Okay. And we find this place on Craigslist, fill out an application. When, yeah. They called. And we go over there. He gets the, so we put down a down payment. Good. He had enough money, but the nursing home, you know, the rehab took a lot of his money. I'm sure. You go in there with money and you leave there with nothing. Yeah. But anyway, so we go back and like, I walk in with him and they sing the administrator that says, um, you can't take Mr. A out anymore and i said why not and they go oh, if you want to talk you know talk to I'm like i'm not freaking talking to but so anyway i bring them back and i told him i said they you know they know something's up so he gave notice he told them i'm moving out this was february i'm moving out march 1st and he's allowed to do that yeah he's okay. out there of his own free will he wasn't committed there it was okay. nursing home re rehabilitation but he couldn't be with his daughter anymore yeah could right. had no place to go so they said, so they wanted like 11,000 more for like the last month and then the oh upcoming month. So he was left with very little. He gets social security, 7,000, 7,700 a month. So 7,700 a month. Yeah. 
um, but it was, but they took 11. So instead of staying another month, he said, I'm moving out next Saturday. Mm. And they said, Mr. A is going to help you. A friend, none of your damn business. Well, so basically, hello. I had a fundraiser. I had a little potluck at my house. Oh, how nice. A friend of mine donated dishes. I got stuff for like a food pantry. Um, I had furniture. So he moved into my house, lived in my house for one month. Aww. And then we moved him into his apartment. And he's met all my family. Aww, he, a, oh, good. That's great. That's, great. that's yeah, a beautiful that's story. Beautiful. So I busted somebody out because once you're in a nursing home, it's a rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. And they, Very want, hard and, to and get they out. want it's that money. And their, their job is not to find you housing. If you have a home to go to, if you have family to go to, they'll discharge you. But their job is not to help you solve your problems. Interesting. You help the wonderful <laughs> that man. That is a beautiful, yeah. That's a beautiful story. Thank you. I fun. love that. But it is pretty That's wild. a magnificent story. You've made a friend. Inspiring. Yeah, inspiring. You helped somebody in need. I love that. What made you move down here from Philly? Philly girl. I turned 60. Well, you don't look it. My Thanks. My brother and sister-in-law, I have two brothers. So my middle brother lived with me up there in my house because he's divorced. They had an apartment for a bunch of years. His boys got old enough that they're in college. So he didn't need to be all the way out in the western suburbs. And um, so I sold my house because the market was right. I didn't, sorry, right. I didn't need this big three-story twin. <laughs> and and then a friend of mine died in a car accident oh, God. in, in Octo October. In I'm August, so sorry August to hear 31st, that. I'm sorry to hear that. Thanks. August 31st, 2021. So, you know, just I just. recent, a year yeah, ago. Yeah, it was a year August. So I said, you know, what am I waiting for? So I decided to move down here, and I was down here a lot because my brother, who lives in Ronnie's complex, oh, okay. had a bunch of hearts. That's how I know Ronnie. Had a bunch of heart surgery. So I was down here for like 10 days. I was down here for a week. I was down here for a month. And you were like, let me just move. Yeah. Do you and like then, the move? Are you I happy? Did. Yeah, I'm happy. And now she lives right up the block and here. And I, I love like it. it. Oh, I'm like sticking to What do you chair. love about down here? Well, you I met don't any go cool to the people? beach. Yeah, I met Ronnie. Yeah, she's I met cool. you now. Okay, cool. No, I didn't know why. Um, and let I me interrupt real quick. Sorry. For those listeners who don't live in Florida, our occupancy is full. <laughs> we have no more space. Right. <laughs> so if you want to come, I'm sorry. It's a little too late. <laughs> you know, Fort Lauderdale, I don't know if you know this or when, how long you've been coming down here, but Fort Lauderdale was a quaint town. When I came here... 30 some years ago the airport had one terminal yeah you can the airport had one terminal uh-huh one it's where delta is now yeah look at it it's like five terminals now four four yes it is four terminals but look at how many airlines going in. but it was so quaint in fort lauderdale and las solas this street has been around over 40 years mm -hmm. known yeah. for its galleries and it's 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 coffee shops and the restaurants and and now all these new restaurants are being built here all the construction that is building around fort lauderdale yeah because mm -hmm. for the floridians nice uh, excuse me yeah 1937 and the elbow room on las olas and a18 is 1938 and yeah, that's and the that's, oldest bar yes and Lauderdale. i worked at the elbow room believe it or oh. not yeah and I that's where the parrot was the oldest bar oh, the parrot close that's a philly bar that's philly people yeah, i know but um 
the elbow room, that's where they filmed Where the Boys Are uh -huh. with oh, Connie really? Francis. Oh, really? Yes. Uh-huh. Do you know how the elbow room got its name? Yes, because everybody would sit there drunk up with their elbows on the bar. <laughs> that makes for a good story. Yeah. But it's actually that Los Olas was the main thoroughfare to get to the beach. Oh, right. And it, only, and it only it only went northbound, A1A, what's now A1A, goes south and north. Right. But at the time, it only turned going north. So they called it the, the elbow, elbow at the beach. Oh, my goodness. How and interesting. So and I didn't elbow, even know that. And I worked there. Wow. Yeah, so the wow. elbow, they named it the elbow room. Oh, I love that. I love that history. That does make sense. Yes. They have a 99-year lease locked in at basically nothing. Yeah. Now, the question is, because in 2018, they celebrated their 80th, 80th anniversary. Yeah. So they have another night. Was, well, that was 18. So we're now in 22. They have so another 14 years. 15, yeah. 15 years. But do you know how much money has come out of yeah. that? And cash only. Oh, yeah. Cash only. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. Fort Lauderdale has a lot of stories, a lot of history. Um, Whiskey Creek with the Rum Runners from the Bahamas. Oh, what's that one? I don't remember. Why does that sound familiar? Oh. Whiskey Creek. Whiskey Creek is over by what used to be John U. Lloyd Park. They now changed it. I guess yes. John U. Lloyd was not politically correct. I'm not sure exactly what he did to lose the names for the park. <laughs> uh, and now it's Dr. I don't even know uh, what the proper name is now. Sorry, folks. You can look it up. <laughs> um, but back in the rum running days. Oh, yeah. The rum from running. From the Bahamas. Boats would come in, and if to hide from any law enforcement, they would go into Whiskey Creek, which is just off of Port Everglade. I know exactly where that is. Yeah, it was it's, now a, a hamburger place there or something now. It's a, a well, they no, built something. It's part of the park. That's what I mean. But yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of boats on the weekend. That's, that's what I mean. Yes. It's beautiful to yes. go kayaking or paddleboarding yes. through the mangroves. It's really pretty. Uh, but the boats and the pirates That's would come they in got there in. and they would hide in that area. And there are pirates, guys, in the Caribbean. They're they're still out there, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah. I know. They are I'll out make, there. I'll make friends with one. I like my rum. <laughs> That's an interesting story. I do remember hearing something along those lines. I worked back there back in the day when they had the candy store and the elbow room. Mm -hmm. And the candy store was. I remember was hearing about store? the candy oh store. Isn't that where Target is now? No, it's oh. on the beach. Oh, okay. It's where Beach Place is now. And what was the candy store? The candy store was a bar, right? a bar with a pool where they yeah. had wet T-shirt contest, contest, yeah, and um, just nonstop, round the clock. Partying. Partying. There was okay. a downstairs room, which was a rock and roll bar. The upstairs was a disco. That was back when you couldn't even get to the beach. It uh -huh. took, you were blocked off. It would take all day to get down to the beach. You couldn't get on A1A. It was that much traffic. And uh -huh. kids were jumping out of hotel rooms, trying to get to the pool. Some made it, some didn't. You know, uh, Bobby Van, short for Vanucci, ran the candy store. Mm -hmm. And there are some stories behind him. He had a bar up in uh, Hunters, Huntersville, Hunters Mountain. It was a ski resort. A ski resort. Hunter Mountain in Hunter New York. Hunter Mountain, yeah, yes. He had a candy store up there, too. So, um, yeah, he um, he was an interesting boss. He had a girlfriend one time, and 
he accused her, I think, I don't know, of uh, stealing his uh, cocaine, his uh, brick of cocaine. He actually got mad and called the cops and said, she stole my car. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the story says. And wow. They, yeah, that's how they were. Um, it was a great guy, though. I mean, it was a great boss, you know, but he just... It was the 80s. Everybody was partying. Everybody yeah. was drinking. Everybody was high on something. Everybody was doing that. And it was a, it was a crazy but yet fun Washington. time. Yeah, I was in college. Oh, yeah. No. Well, the college was down here. You know, it yep. was crazy. And um, But eventually, they found that kilo years later behind a uh, cooler downstairs at the downstairs bar. They found it. Oh, wow. So I don't know if it was hidden or he forgot he put it there or she moved it or, but they found a kilo according to people's stories. So I just triggered a memory. I was not there personally, but I heard the story and believed the account. A girlfriend of mine, we were, well, at the time she was in Bimini. I was there uh, afterwards. So when we were there, she starts telling the story. We meet up with one of her friends who's a local. Okay. And that's out. This was many years ago. Gosh, where were they? Out on a boat in Bimini. In okay. The Bimini waters. Well, yeah, everybody was out on boats then. God knows what transported and between Bimini and Miami and Port Lauderdale. They find green bags, the garbage bags, floating in the water. What was it filled with cash or, or, or cocaine? Or Actually, it was marijuana. Hot. Yeah. Hot, but many bags oh my it. god so what they do they, they sell it no, i she does not know what he did with it it was just yeah you were in and she was told to keep quiet yeah and i mean she's not a local they would find stuff wash on shore i mean yeah. all that miami vice stuff is true yeah like they would find stuff just yeah. washing but she on got shore. to experience it firsthand and i got to hear the account secondhand <laughs> it was a very cool she tells the story much better than I did because I wasn't there. To Interesting. Talk. But yeah. Yeah, there's always some stories, especially down here. Well, I thought we were all talked out at that point, but you know how it goes. There's always time for one last drink and, of course, always one last little story. Or maybe two. Know. Well, I thank you, ladies, for telling me this information. I got a funny one. Oh, a short tell. one. Oh, um, I want to hear all the stories that you can it, tell. So, as a scuba diver, and this just happened last week. Uh oh. You know, scuba diving does have some inherent dangers to it. Of course. Uh, first, you've got to be well trained. We're taught and about the different things that can happen and how to combat that. I'm a rescue diver, so I've been taught how to rescue someone, how to notice so oh, signs. Amazing. Yeah, how to notice signs if someone's in distress. Well, we're I out. I know that. I knew you were diving. Uh, I didn't know you were a yeah, rescue diver. Yeah, so I'm third level, yeah. Awesome. Uh, next would be dive master and then instructor, which I'm not You'll going. Good. Yeah, thank you. Um, but I like it for recreation. I enjoy just chilling, watching the fish. Um, <laughs> Why they watch you. <laughs> or they, yep, absolutely. <laughs> So um, what's, what happened? What's the story? So we're, it's a drift dive. So it means the boat comes and picks us up and we just follow as the current goes. And we've got a flag so people know we're in the water. And okay. of course, the boat can find us. Calm day. The conditions couldn't have been any better last week. It was so calm. There were a few was, days where the water was just flat. I yeah. Saw that. Middle just, of the week. It was flat. so beautiful. 
Uh, visibility was okay, but flat, nice little current, so we didn't have to kick too hard. We just went southbound along the reef, enjoying. Beautiful. We surface. The boat comes. Boat's not but 15 feet away. Oh, no. What happened? And who came along? We, we're swimming, and the boat captain decides to throw the buoy, and he's going to pull us in. If, it was, if there were heavy currents, you'd need that buoy out there. If it was rough, maybe you want so the what line. What was his purpose of doing that? We're not sure. He was lazy. He just didn't want to turn the boat around. No, what? no, we were <laughs> we were swimming to the boat, and again, it was maybe fifteen feet. He throws it out and conks my friend on the back of the head. Oh my god! Of all dive accidents, that you, so you never had to go imagine. Into mode? What happened? No, luckily she was for the most part okay, but she was utterly stunned. She's on the boat, and she's like, I think he might have broke my neck. Oh, like, my God. And I was like, okay, don't move. She, she didn't. Very quickly, she's like, okay, I really am okay. They didn't even acknowledge anything. And, like, I had to tell the dive master, hey, you know, he hit her on the head. Of course, then she's like, do you need medical attention? And she's like, no. They never apologized when not. I because I called the captain that would out mean too. They admitted that they did something wrong. Yeah, I, I mean apologize. when we were leaving, I called the captain out and I'm like, "Hey, you realize you actually hit her pretty hard?" Uh, no, and he gave. Oh, it had the perfect arc. It was this. It was oh, that. Oh my god! And he leaves, and she goes, "He never apologized." Did and he I'm really like, "Really come up with that? Oh, it had yeah, the perfect arc." Thing. Yeah, and we're like, and I'm like, of all the accidents for diving that could happen. You never imagined something like that, but wow, we could laugh about it afterwards. Um, yeah, thank it, you God know. you can laugh about yeah, it afterwards. Exactly. You know? So I hope that's appropriate for stories, Absolutely. crazy stories. All um, stories are appropriate, all of them. And then tonight was excellent. I got a really good one. Uh oh, I know I'm ready for this. Do tell. It's Halloween, and out in sunrise there was a farm that was having a pumpkin patch fun a corn maze haunted uh hayride in the evening oh, it's God, all I haunted that. don't you miss that it was I very wish I had cool gone. i would have gone with you so well i actually worked it i was the dead prom queen <laughs> um so the idea is to scare people right in the haunted maze my friend scared some little kids so bad oh, her no. mom is screaming oh, at God. her to stop and you're not allowed to touch them but the idea is you're at a haunted corn maze. You're at the haunted hayride. Right. You're there to be scared. Right. Uh-oh. What happened? At midnight, the mother called the owner and said, my kid is crying, won't stop because one of your zombies scared my kid so bad. Oh, my God. Well, why was she and, bringing him there? Right. And the girlfriend, who was the gal who did all our makeup, who was... Well, she's like, well, you came to a haunted, right. a haunted event. She expected to be, to be scared. scared. And other people were thanking us for scaring us. Of course, I got some, you know, some of the young teenager, young teenager, you're not scaring me. I'm going to get you. And I'm like, <laughs> come on, bring it on. Right. Um, but she actually was upset that they scared. How old was the child? I think seven or eight. 
Oh, see, she shouldn't have brought a seven or eight year old there. That's there were other ones. There were people thanking us that they that we were scaring their kids. So what happened? She called them up at midnight and complained. And complained and oh my goodness. wanted her money back. So the owner did the right thing. Of course, naturally. Because, you know. The customer's always right, whether they are or not, you know. A hayride, yes, for a seven or eight-year-old. Um, but it was haunted. I, I was part of the patch, or let's design the at pumpkins. At night, it was at night. Yeah, it at, was haunted. It yeah. was publicized as haunted. Yeah, like they're going to get scared. She should have known that. She made a wrong decision, unfortunately, Yeah, to bring it her is, child. And she should know her child. That She right. should have known that would have scared the mess out of that child. When you go, that? When, but when you go to these things... I want to be, I mean, I am adult, an adult, but I want to be scared. Yeah, well, that's the whole purpose of going, going to it. Right, why would you go? So the irony of that is so funny. Do tell. Just, well, just that. That she went there and got scared and, and, and got mad. And now got mad. She got scared. Exactly. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, my God, I love it. Well, it we are here in Fort Lauderdale at the outside patio of the Floridian. It's a beautiful night. I just heard some fabulous stories from Debbie and from Ronnie, and we're coming into a really good Busy. season. Yes. Especially in South Florida. This is where it starts popping, you know? Oh, yeah. There's the traffic of... the traffic gets worse. I already see it worse. I and see people, it. If you can't streets, hear it. Yeah. yeah. Streets get busier. Restaurants get busier. That's it. But it's got a good vibe. Totally good vibe. They're out. They're out and about. For sure. Thank you, Gina, for inviting me. I enjoyed this time, and it's so wonderful seeing you. You have fabulous stories. Tonight was great. I'll come back with some more. Oh, I know. People will probably want to hear more. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. It's bedtime bar stories as always. Wow, it's closing time already. I can't believe it. We just heard so many great stories. I could have sat here for another hour. But unfortunately, it's time to go until next time. And it's time for you maybe to go to bed. (laughs) Um, But I look forward to our next set of stories because I'll always pour you great stories. So if anybody else wants to join me or if anybody has a great story that they like to share with me, by all means, get in touch with me at Gina at BedtimeBarStories.com. Thanks for listening, guys. Good night, all. And see you next time.